Heyo. I don't know, you know. Gosh, I I think more than anything what I want for everyone who ever listens to this is for them to come into the true step up to what they want and to like come to that and start acting in that manner. And it's not like a, oh my gosh, this is my dream and I'm going to go after it. Like, no, let's shift your life. Let's make that happen. Let's flex that muscle and let's do it even more. And like, what's cool is if you do it, you see proof of it, you can apply it to more than just that one thing. And I will go ahead and tell you to do it with one thing and then start replicating. And today we're diving into how to sort of cut that cord of attachment to other people, to other people's wants for you, and how to come into that like full stride of self. Let's go. This is the Death of a Dream podcast with your host, Hannah Ness. Uh, The Death of a Dream really is my expression from the start of a very sad and low and unaligned place in life where I was struggling with so many living beliefs, so many people telling me that I couldn't just go live my dream life. And it really walks every day through what it looks like to transition out of a life that's just fine and into a life that I wanted to live. And so this is just the daily journal of what that looked like for me. You can take whatever you need from here. Um, I talk through different things that I read, different things that helped me through, different moments and different blocks that I had to break down to get to this better place and alignment for me looks like being a serial entrepreneur and um, being able to write and speak and talk through what life looks like for me and how other people are pursuing their dreams. So the death of a dream really is just a journey out of that place and into a new and true place. Glad you're here. Looking great, feeling good. All right, let's go ahead and ground ourselves in our greatness. I like, I want to apologize because certainly the weirdness level has upgraded the past couple of months. And I think it's in this new shift of understanding and like this ability to just walk in the world confidently and like vibrantly in who you are. And, you know, like, I think for such a long time, I was convincing myself that people, the right people would come and they'd find me and they'd love who I was because I was their people. And, you know, I think I used to convince myself and now I actually know like the right people find it, the right people revolve. It's a thing. Okay. Lighting. Hi, lights. 
Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and ground ourselves in all of our greatness today. We can't stop. We can't take a break from it. It has to be a part of our daily work. How amazing are you? If you want a more transformative experience with grounding yourself in your greatness, I suggest writing it down. There's something about the physical release and acknowledgement of you being that. Okay, so my great thing in life, <laughs> in being, really is uh, like this constant flow of communication and acceptance that I know that I'm not showing up all the way as the person that I want to be, but I can feel myself continually seeking what that percentage looks like and then reviewing after. And this sounds like a super manic, crazy type of self-reflection and self-communication. Um, and it probably is like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> it probably is. And I'm fine with that. But here's the thing. Like anytime that I interact with anyone, since it's all new, it's all new, like draw a line. Here's this new birth of a being and how does she interact with the world? Because if you're interacting with it in the old self, right, there's a potential that we're not being true to who we know to be. And so we have to reflect, we have to come back. Yep, showed up there. Yep, 100%. That was me. Nope. We fell. We served ego there. That was bad. And that wasn't even bad. That was just like, what caused that? Why were we feeling like we needed to come out with our ego? Like, what is it about the room that brought that out? Was that necessary or was it not? And this self-reflection, I find, is very important for me at this point because you know, it's easy to stumble back into that ego being because sometimes ego self does have to come out. Sometimes we do have to act as that person when we're taking big risks or when we're trying to establish our voice. Like you can't always hang back, have no ego, have no... Mm, mm, gumption gumption, right? Eventually, if we want to do big things and we want to say big words and we want to go after big things, eventually we're going to probably have to lean on that ego again, right? It's there. It is there for a reason. It's not meant to not exist at all. You are going to have to find out how to dance with the devil a little bit, right? Because although I would never term ego devil. Um, <laughs> it is sort of this like super volatile superpower. That's, that's the best way to describe it because you need it, but you can't overuse it. When you become dependent on it, you actually become weaker, right? When you're acting out of your ego, yikes, egomaniacs. Ever heard of them? Yeah, 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 yeah. When you only act out of that, you may get things, but oftentimes you get things that don't 
serve you the way you want them to, right? And then those people like eventually just drain and burn all the way out or they become super successful and wealthy and they have all the things, but they're still like the most miserable human being you've ever met. Hi, Scrooge. Is Was it Scrooge? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Like eventually you got to kind of sit ego on the bench, but like bring them back in. Once in a while you need ego to come in and hit the four run dinger man. It's got to come in. And then you're like, oh, you know what? Thanks for showing up today, ego. Really needed you. You can go hang out again. Okay? You're just a bench player. And I know that you're there when I need you. And the better, and for me, it's about utilizing that as little as necessary. Because Ego grabs hold of that playing time. And it's like the kid on your team who's like, you played me once. I don't understand why you're not playing me again. And then their parents email you. And then like they even get their little teammates and sometimes even a different coach to say things for them. Like, hey, remember when they played? Like, yeah, we should try that again. I don't know. Right. And they kind of have everybody just slowly picking at you. This may or may not be completely true of a actual real life experience. It may or may not be. Okay. But, (laughs) you know, like that's what it does because it's like, whoa, 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 I'm hungry. I got a taste again. You brought me back in. I'm here. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's just ego kick the shit out of this world. No, let's, let's rein her back in. Right. Because ego gets to running and sometimes leaves our truth here. Because he goes like, whoa, 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 if we keep going here, we could get all the things. You know, we could actually live the life, the one that you want. Like, we could do it right now. Let's keep running. Let's keep hitting home runs. Dinger, dinger, dinger. Let's go. And I think for me right now, it's constant assessment of when when ego's coming out, and when and why it was necessary. And yes, I have these conversations with myself. Like, the meetings that I'm going into now are, you know, probably one to two a day. And so that self-reflection is really easy for me to manage right now, and really important, right? Because if we were at where I imagine us going, I'm not going to have that time to self-reflect. And so I know, I know that things are being added in slowly so I can perfect and duplicate this process of review. Right now, reviews are probably taking anywhere from like two to three days of reviewing what happened and why and who came to play and who had to come out and when and why and what did they say and how did people react and like just slowly combing through that evidence and reflection, like just slowly combing through it. And if I can keep that up, right, eventually we'll have that process completely banked, secure, and able to just come into and not even lean on those things sometimes because we've under we now understand what's triggering it what's pulling it what's causing 
that to come out? Why are we pulling ego off the bench in those situations? Are these even situations that we want to be in? Yeah. Okay. These are the things. I realize that it all seems crazy right now, but it's really just in that continual seeking of what the ground looks like of understanding the core and the purpose of what we're doing and why, and then acting in that manner versus acting in the manner of how can I get there quicker? How can I push past this painful point? Like, no, man, slow, slow and steady, right? Because that gives you this ability to look inward. And the slower that it goes, the more that you can review that and the, the more critical and touching and like slow moving you can be as you go into this. And so there are necessary points where your ego is going to have to come into play and you're going to rely on it. But the more that we can bench that, the better off we're going to be because ego gets to running trust. Um, (laughs) So I think my great thing is just that continual self-reflection, especially as I'm starting to enter back into like physical meetings with people into just peopling period um, and constantly coming back and reviewing what those interactions were like. What was good about it? What was bad about it? What did we say here? How did we say it here? Why did we stumble here? What do we need now? How do we get more confident? How do we like, it's just a constant kind of picking through that and not everybody's going to need that. Right depending on what you do and how you do it. Um, But that self-reflection piece, especially if you're working on sort of presenting yourself or, you know, if you're moving into any sort of leadership, that reflection I find is really important and almost critical, right? And it's not like, it's not like, okay, we're going to come back to this meeting and I'm going to rip myself apart for everything that I did. It's like, dude, killed it. This piece, this piece, this piece, bomb. This piece and this piece felt like we went away from ourselves for a little bit. What comments led us there? What conversations got us to that point? Like what happened there and why? Uh, So go ahead and ground yourself in your own greatness. It really is meant to just sort of get you thinking in that direction. If you never say you're great, like you'll never be great. That's it. Period. And I want every single person that ever listens to this, whether it's one time or 481 times, I want you to recognize how great you are. I could tell you all day. I honestly think that you're the greatest human being that's ever walked this planet. And I don't have any question in that at all. But do you question that? Because that's all that matters. And that's the whole point of greatness grounding. I'm making you uncomfortable by saying that you are actually amazing and the most amazing person. And yes, we're going to say all those things boldly. And at times we're going to be lying to ourselves. But over time, we're going to find more proof because we're actually looking for it. Period. Okay. So today, I don't know, there has been this like understanding that people get 
stuck. They get stuck. It gets really hard to break out of life because you sort of build up, you know, and this was my hardest part is like, if you're not happy with this life, how do you just create a new one? What do you do? You go back to school, you start all over. Like what, what, what do you do? How do people do that? Right. And a lot of people talk about it like, oh, it's this midlife crisis. Like, yeah, because that's, that's pretty much what you have to do. You have to go to this extreme level of commitment to change your life. It's not like something that we just dip our toes. Oh, I'm going to work on changing my life on Saturday mornings. <laughs> so, I think I'll get there. No, it doesn't work like that. I want to change my life. And so I'm going to have to sit, challenge, pick, talk, think, write, communicate, come back, read, research, investigate. Like it's not, it doesn't just happen. You don't just like wander into a new life, period. Right? And so... <laughs> This thought has been crossing my mind because a lot of the work, obviously, that I do is based on that. And even as we start to create our new companies, it's sort of this need for change. And why would someone, and this is the question, why would someone change their lives? It's hard. Why would someone pick a different path, especially if they've been working the same path? Well, for me, <laughs> like if I'm not happy, if I don't like what I'm doing, if I don't like the people I'm surrounded by, if I don't care about the work that I'm doing, we've got a problem, you know? And <laughs> this is what I realized. And I read this in a book, um, four days ago. But when I read it, I was like, that's it, right? That's what sticks us right where we're at. That's what holds us back. That's what hurts us. And the book said this, pleasing the people who matter most to our survival. Pleasing the people who matter most to our survival. And why is that important? Well, if you really think about it, that's probably what derails a lot of us in life, right? Because we are creating our life based on the people that we are banking on saving us. And so when we can establish independence from that, right, when we can figure out how to do it on our own, all of a sudden we take that power back. We take our decision-making power back. But if our survival is based on other people, and that's not just like, oh my gosh, fight or flight, are we going to eat? Who's going to pay our grocery bill? That's like, okay, if I'm going to be happy, if my happiness is dependent on what these people think of me, that's a transfer of power, right? Here you go. Here's who I need to be. You tell me who to be. I want you to start taking that back. I want you to start looking at this because this is where the biggest shift came in our lives. And I'll include my husband in this because trust, the level up is coming, good people. And I can't even tell you, you know, 
once two people are acting in this way, I, 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 I don't know what happens, but I assume it's nothing but good. No, it's going to have some bad. It's still life. But like the power of two versus one. Here we go. Okay, so when we started to shift and right so the first the first level of shift was like this financial shift of like i'm not dependent on banks right slowly we're taking our power back we're saying like we're not giving you that money every month we're not sending you a check for that you're not holding that over our head and that was like a huge power shift and i would say that's one of the more important ones if you don't do that you know create and establish your own financial independence if you don't take that route it's, it's just a transfer of power. Anyone who holds anything above you that could take it from you, you're dependent on, on them for your survival, which means they have power over you, which means you don't have your own. And so financially establishing your own survival, taking back that reliance, huge. Then the second thing is like taking back your happiness because it isn't dependent on other people, even though that's what we want to tell ourselves. And then when we're telling ourselves that, all of a sudden the things that we have, the way that people perceive us, right? Like I walk by our house every day and I think like, oh my gosh, the things that people must say about us because, you know, there's chip pain or the, 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 the steps aren't clean or whatever. Like, yeah, I get that. But like, would I rather go on a bike ride than do that? Because what is that? Why do I find, do I find that important? Yeah, like I like things looking nice, but like, is it just fine? Yeah. And do I know the 30 people who might drive by on any given day that might say, oh, junk. Those people must be junk. That house must be junk. No, I don't know them. And honestly, if those are conversations that they are using their time, like that's how they're filling their time, having conversations about me, someone that they don't even know, talking about my house and what I must do or who I must be, and they aren't willing to come up and like have a conversation, but they're willing to have a conversation about you, probably not somebody that's ever going to impact your life in a positive manner ever. And so like, let's start taking that back. I understand a hundred percent that you have to have connections and you have to engage with people. Right. It's important. I thought for a while, honestly, (laughs) I thought for a while, nah, nah, You don't really need that. You could just come into yourself. You don't need other people. You do, eventually. Once you can trust yourself with other people, um, you do need that. You do. Okay. And so it's important that you establish your own survival methods. That you are not dependent on anyone else for your happiness. You aren't dependent on things for your happiness. You aren't dependent on people's acknowledgement 
of your happiness, right? Like that's what social media does best. Oh, now everybody can see that I'm happy or that, you know, this weekend we went on a big trip. So what's everybody going to think of that? They're going to think that's so cool. Right? That's, that's a dependent mindset. Unless someone else engages and endorses that this was cool, was it even really cool? If a tree falls in the middle of a forest and no one hears it, does it even make a sound? It's that same thing. And I want you to start testing that. If I don't post this anywhere, did I still enjoy it? Does it still matter? Or does it matter only if someone acknowledges that I did that? right? Okay. And if that's the way that you're feeling, and I see this a lot with car purchases, like why does anyone need to know what vehicle you drive? Right. But we still do it. Trust. I have a maroon Honda Civic that I purchased right after college with Jordan. And it was like, oh my gosh, we've made it. And now everyone will know that we made it. And you know what? Let's put a bow on there. Like it was a gift or something. Like it's really important that people know that we've taken this step. And I look back and I just laugh now because it's like, it was super important that everyone know that like we did that. And that just means that we're this power couple. And in fact, it actually meant the exact opposite, right? It meant that we had this like crushing payment of a car that we could barely afford. But thank goodness we had it because, you know, at least people acknowledged that, that we were doing something right because we could take out a car loan. Whoa, go us. Um, <laughs> right. But like, that's what was important to us. And that's, what's important to us for such a long time. And it's not just in the social media world, but I think that's where it shows up the most because we can have that instant gratification. Oh, someone saw this. Someone thought that that was important, right? Someone engaged with this. And now I feel like it's more important because other people felt like it was important. That's an exchange of power. Can you live in your own power sequence, in your own grid, right? Go off the grid of survival. Stop being dependent on other people for your happiness, for your finances. Because once you make that shift, you can't really, you don't really go back. You start to see how empowering it is to hold your own key, to stop pleasing other people and to start just pleasing yourself. And as a result of that one shift, even if you just start with finances, all of a sudden you have this realization that you are giving it away all the time and it's not necessary because you are the only one who should hold that key to survival for yourself. And then once you make that shift, then all of your decisions go inward. Oh, well, I guess my parents told me for the longest time that I had to get this job, that I had to go to college, and that that would lead to success. And as a result of those decisions, I needed to pick a career and then stay there. Cool. But if that didn't serve you, right, and 
if you were not dependent on those people who helped you to make those decisions, which, right, that's a ultimate flex. That's kind of the weird, cool thing, but weird mostly about being a parent is like, you, you control more than you even think by what you're saying their whole life, by what you're infusing into these kiddos. And they make decisions based on the, like, seemingly small and insignificant things that you did in their life. Like, that's what scares me most is, like, if you get it wrong one time, that could impact that child forever and literally create (laughs) a super dark, crazy life based on one thing, and it probably held the least significance for you, but held everything for them. And because we're sort of set up to serve based on that survival pattern, we know that we survive on our parents. And so we make a lot of decisions based on what they want for us. Because even if we leave their house, even if they stop paying our bills, we still have that social connection. It's hard to remove that, like, power. Because it's really important to us that we're accepted by them. That they love us. That they want good for us. That they acknowledge and endorse who we're being. But I am telling you, it's not like, oh, bye parents, this has been great, but I can't really depend on you for survival anymore. No, it's cutting that tie and then living fully in yourself and not living according to what they want anymore. According to what they might acknowledge or like on Facebook or what might make them proud, right? Which is a super cool thing. Making your parents proud is a cool thing, but shouldn't your parents be proud of you no matter what? And Shouldn't your parents just be happy for you if you are happy? Shouldn't that be it? Or like, is there some sort of weird game that's playing out in the world that's like based on financial dominance or based on car pictures posted on the book? Like, is that how we're winning these days? Is that the ultimate flex? No. Right? Parents should just want the best for you, and you get to decide what that is. So we can go ahead and just remove that connection altogether. You know, one of my affirmations in the morning that I practice is like, I cut the cord of attachments and stand in the possibilities the world has for me because, right, that's what we're doing. We're like attaching ourselves to other people and becoming dependent on that for survival. And it isn't really necessary because all things that we decide to do should be coming from in here, within yourself. And if those check boxes for other people, that's super cool. But the only boxes you need to be worried about are your own, right? We have to start cutting that cord of survival and quit serving according to who helps us survive or who helped us survive early on. And parents are usually a big hang up, but also like our friends, because we want to socially 
be accepted. And so that doesn't necessarily look like financial survival because they wouldn't know that. Um, but for our friends, it's like that social survival. What are they acknowledging? Who do they think that we are? Who do they endorse and approve of? And how do we need to act according to that? If we remove that power structure and really take back our own survival, we can start to move in ways that we find inspiring versus ways that we were told we needed to exist. And that, like, that shifts the perspective entirely. But I love the way that this said this in this book because it's so true. We're pleasing the people who matter most to our survival. And that's holding us back from living our dreams. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, you've made it all the way here. And I do want to tell you that this is like where the real listeners go to get the inside track because we have started to work with brain.fm, which is an incredible meditation, creative focus app, which actually helps with all of those things. Focus, relaxation, creativity, like I utilize it in so many different ways. And I didn't realize that it was sort of the music app that I was lacking. And I was excited when they reached out to become an affiliate of this show um, and help my listeners utilize this platform for all the things that we talk about on this show. Because music is one of those things that allows you to tap in and go to a higher level quicker than you could if you were just doing it on your own. So this helped so much in my meditative practice. It helped me from the mind wander that was constantly kind of coming up. It helped when I was in workflow for my mind to not wander into the lyrics of songs. It helped sort of just create this white noise in the background. And then this was the most unexpected help that happened. <laughs> it also helped with like getting my kids to bed and waking them up in the morning, I noticed that the general frequency of what usually would have been an up and down experience sort of leveled. And we all just experience this common calmness in all those instances where in a lot of nights and mornings, we'd have so many ups and downs. It leveled all of that out. So I'm excited. If you use the code, the death of a dream, you get 10% off of your subscription to that. Now, what I do love about it is that if it's not helping you, you can just end that subscription. So to try it for a month, it might cost you about three bucks. Okay. See if you like it. See if it works for you. And if it doesn't, you can always stop. Um, <laughs> but if it does, I think it's a really great way to tap into this self-meditation, focus, presence work that we're always staying conscious of. I will have the link in the show notes every day for you to go ahead and check that on out.
Hey, thanks for listening. As always, you can find me on all socials at The Death of a Dream. That's on Instagram. We do have a Facebook page that you can follow there. And then Hannah Ness on LinkedIn. Go ahead and check out the website if you feel like it. There are additional pieces that are not included in the podcast. um, And you can reach out and contact me anywhere. If you have any questions, message me. Let's connect. I'd love to talk through your story because everyone's story is worth being told and has worth in it.